If you, a loved one, or a team member of yours lives with anxiety, then there's a very good chance you deal with perfectionism. Hello, I'm Chester Elton, and this is my co-author and dear friend, Adrian Gostick. Well, thanks, Chess. Yeah, today our guest talks about the side effects of perfectionism on everything from economics to politics to personal success. His studies will help us understand the subject and give us tools to work through it. And as always, we hope the time you spend with us will help reduce the stigma of anxiety at work and in your personal life. And with us today is our new friend, uh, Thomas Curran, professor of psychology at the London School of Economics and author of a landmark study that the BBC hailed as the first to compare perfectionism across generations. His new book is The Perfection Trap, Embracing the Power of Good Enough, coming out August 8th from Scribner. Thomas's TED Talk on perfectionism has received more than 3 million views, and his research has been featured in media ranging from the Harvard Business Review to New Scientist to CNN. Welcome to our humble podcast, Thomas. We are delighted to have you with us. Thanks, uh, Chester and Adrian. It's lovely to be here. Thomas is joining us today from the UK, and I don't think it matters whether we're in the UK or Asia or or North America. This idea of perfectionism is is everywhere now. Now the problem is we think of perfectionism sometimes as this socially acceptable flaw. You know, the the job interviews. I remember back in grad school, they tell you now if somebody asks where your greatest weakness is, you say I'm a perfectionist, which <laughs> has turned out to be a terrible answer. So, uh, you take us through your research of how toxic perfectionism can be and walk us through what you found absolutely so you're absolutely right the uh the the answer to that dreaded interview question what's your biggest weakness is typically perfectionism that's what recruiters tell us it's probably the most overused cliche in interviews and i guess we use it for for good reason right we think that perfectionism is something that holds us up it's this kind of personality trait that gives us a lot of energy hyper functioning and competency um but The opposite is actually true. And the evidence I explore in my book really shows that not only does perfectionism create a lot of psychological difficulties, but it doesn't actually help us perform better. So you get quite a bit of pain for no gain. And to explain why that is, I guess we could take the mental health struggles first. Perfectionists really strive to meet excessively high expectations, high standards. But because those standards are so high, they tend to fall short often and then overcompensate to try to, I I guess, make up for that failure. But in doing so, they fail again. And so they set themselves up for a lot of anxiety, um, a lot of diminished self-esteem. And that cycle of what we call cycle of self-defeat can go into hyperdrive when we meet setbacks from the outside world where things come in that we just can't control like stresses and strains so perfectionism doesn't really help us when it comes to our mental health because it really sets us up for a lot of negative feelings now when it comes to performance there's two reasons why perfectionism doesn't even give us the performance so we know it has some emotional baggage but it also doesn't help us perform the first is that perfectionists burn out so they work really hard but they work too hard uh, and they tend to burn out but secondly and this is really this is the, probably the more interesting reason why perfectionism hinders performance when things get tough perfectionists tend to withdraw because they're essentially saving face because you can't really fail at something that you didn't try at so what we tend to see is that perfectionists work really really hard in the first instance but when they meet challenge they withdraw their efforts and again that's not necessarily uh, conducive to high performance so perfectionism it 
gives a lot of psychological distress and doesn't give us any performance for that distress. That idea, if I can't do it perfectly, I'll withdraw. We'd kind of explored that. It didn't occur to me that it was, and when times get tough, like you're, you're coming into an economic downturn or a merger or acquisition or problems with a coworker, right? You can, all of a sudden, the perfectionisms are the guys that kind of, you know, disappear. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful take on it. I, I'm curious because you also say that this is the most perfectionist generation we've ever seen. What's driving that? Oh, there's so much going on right now that I think is weighing on uh, people's perfectionism. I did a large study uh, a few years ago looking at generational perfectionism and how it's changing over time in more recent generations. And what we see is fast rising perfectionism and particularly what we call socially prescribed perfectionism. So this is perfectionism that comes from the outside world, a sense that other people and everyone all around me expects me to be perfect. That's something that's um, exploding, skyrocketing at an exponential uh, rate right now. And the reason why is a uh, multifaceted and and it's always going to be a little bit speculative with these sort of non-causal studies, but we think that um, social media clearly plays a, a role in amplifying perfect lives and lifestyles. We think the education system has got more pressurized. Young people are under a lot um, more pressure to excel, to get into the best classes, schools, colleges, and then obviously into that kind of very narrow and elite set of professions that really sort of guarantee uh, a, a good standard of life these days. Um, and there's also parenting practices and changes in parenting too. And obviously the workplace has become much more pressurized, become much more insecure. This kind of um, desire to hustle and grind has become a really prominent part of people's working lifestyles. And of course that too weighs in our perfectionism. So there are many different areas and there are many different things we can focus on, but but the world has got more pressurized. What a, what a great um, synopsis of, because we get to ask that question a lot and we'll ramble on around, you know, how we've changed as parents and this thing. But yeah, those, I think, you know, I wrote down four things, social media, educational system, parenting practices, insecure workplaces. That, that's very succinct. Um, and, I, and I think it really helps us understand why maybe even as parents, we helped contribute to this. Um, the education system did, et cetera. The pressure's on there. I remember when I you know, graduated high school, my dad was just thrilled I got into any college. Now you have to get into the right university, the right college. Um, so, so all this leads to procrastination, as you said. You know, I'm not going to do something if I might fail. So, so if I have this or I've got an employee who may feel this way, how do we break through that and start producing and embrace what you say is good enough? Yeah, it's so important. Procrastination is a, such a strong signature of the perfectionist. It's so failure reverse. Uh, they anticipated guilt and shame that comes from failing or even finding something really challenging is so fierce that we just withdraw, we procrastinate, we just avoid that anxiety by doing other things. There's a few things that perfectionists can do, I think, to break through procrastination. I think the first is do a very simple five minute task. So you'll have plenty of things that you need to do, but set yourself a challenge. What can you do in five minutes today that moves you forward even the tiniest bit 
on one of those important things that you've got to do. Identify that small action, set a timer and spend five minutes right now working on the task because the research shows us that once you start something, you are much more likely to finish it. Okay, so done is better than perfect, that kind of mantra. But if we give ourselves a short space of time and to get something started, that's like taking a sledgehammer to perfectionism when it comes to uh, procrastination. I think also one of the things the perfectionists do is they get they feel overwhelmed because a task can feel really big particularly if it's a quite nebulous task like a a, a new project or a big talk that we've got to prepare so i think sometimes it's important to sit down and think why are we avoiding this task in the first place is it because in our mind's eye we have this kind of perfect image of how we want the report to look or how we want the talk to go and ask ourselves uh, is it worth living in fear of that perfect image is it worth us withholding our effort and building up all that anxiety for this kind of perfect person or perfect task or perfect outcome that we want. And often it's the case that it really isn't worth living in fear for that perfect outcome because essentially what we need to do is get the task done. And that is far more important than being perfect. So again, it's important to try to rationalize why you feel overwhelmed and ask yourself if it's even worth putting these things off. Is the anxiety really needed? Is it necessary? Is it that fierce? And the final thing, and I think this is also so, so important, is perfectionists tend to put do, do to-do lists. You know, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. But they tend to put too much on the to-do list. And that also impacts on our procrastination because it gives us too much to do. So one of the useful things that we could do to break through uh, procrastination is to actually ask ourselves, what is it that we actually need to do? And are there things we can let go of? What can we take off that to-do list? What's essential and what's not so essential? And I think that's also important to give ourselves a break, to focus our minds on what's really important and to focus on those activities. Um, so letting go of things can also be, kind of sounds paradoxical, doesn't it? But, but can also be a good way to break through procrastination. So I really feel guilty right now because I this morning we've been traveling. Adrian and I were at a, a weekend retreat for our leadership group. I've got this list of 30 things that I wrote down before this. The podcast was on it, Thomas. So that's a good thing. That was the big thing to get done. But I am a terrible maker of, of, of lists. OK, so we've uh, talked about uh, social media and the pressure that that puts on perfectionism. Talk about now AI is moving into the picture and the metaverse. We just over the weekend saw an amazing uh, presentation on where we're going with, you know, virtual and terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and terrifying. Uh, so, uh, those things I'm, I'm guessing is not going to make it easier, right, for future generations. So walk us through, I, I'm sure you've been thinking about this. So walk us through these ideas and how maybe we can better cope with even more of this social pressure and, and digital world that's coming in on us. Yeah, I have been thinking about this a lot. I think one of the most important things to recognize is what social media and these technologies are there to do. They're to drive profits. And the way that they drive profits is to sell targeted adver advertisements. And what's the most fertile ground for targeted advertisements? Well, when we're in a state of discontent, we feel like we need something to improve our lives. Mm -hmm. And really, that's what social media and these kind of big technologies will be geared towards building profits so first of all i think it's so so important that we uh, interact with social media first and foremost aware of that fact that the kind of built there's a built-in kind of motivation for these companies to show us perfect lives show us perfect lifestyles it's kind of hyper reality so that we're almost catnip i suppose in advertisers hands understand that and approach it in a different 
more healthy way. And what do I mean by more healthy way? Well, first of all, let's go back to what social media and these technologies were originally intended to do. They were intended to connect us to each other, to build offline relationships. So I, I wouldn't say that we throw the baby out with the bathwater here. I'm not saying, you know, we need to completely remove ourselves from these technologies, come off them, because they do have tremendous human potential. But I think we need to use them for the right reasons. And the right reasons is, as I said, to build that community, to, in, uh, to interact with people with shared interests, to kind of manage our content in a way that enhances our lives, as I say, gives us information, provides us with um, uh, uh, interests and uh, and a feed that ed- educates us and and enhances our lives rather than kind of this constant comparison with other people. So if we can use it for the right reasons, it's a very very positive thing. But it's important we do that. Well, let's hear it now from our sponsor, Facebook. And no, I'm just <laughs> so. <laughs> So, so, so tell us a little bit about how, how people can find you, Thomas, and uh, how they find more about your work. Okay, and they can find me on Twitter uh, at Tom, spelled T-H-O-M underscore Curran. They can also find me on LinkedIn at Tom hyphen Curran. Um, and they can also just Google The Perfection Trap. It's my new book, and it's out in all good bookstores. Excellent, excellent. So let's... Um Let's touch on something that we can get a little touchy, but might be kind of fun. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about politics. And then right after that, we're going to talk about religion. So brace uh, <laughs> yourself. You know, we're in such a divisive, you know, gotcha political world with no leader ever wanting to admit they've ever made a mistake ever. You know, you go back to 20 years ago, you know, this gotcha culture. Um, I can't remember a U.S. president admitting they messed up like in decades, right? Everybody's got to be perfect. They got to be right. What does that message send younger generations when leaders pretend that they're infallible, that they're perfect? It sends it sends completely the wrong message to uh, young people. But I think it's important to recognize that culture right now doesn't allow us to be fallible. I mean, we throw around blame all the time. In fact, blame is such a curious reflex, actually, in, in modern culture, because when something happens, when a politician screws up or uh, something bad happens, we immediately wag the finger, like, who's to blame? What's to blame? Somebody must be to blame. And we're not really happy until we've located that person or group responsible. And I think in that culture, which is amplified by the way, social media, I mean, do you blame politicians for admitting fault when when what's on the line is their reputations and all the rest of it? So I think we have to be really careful that, yes, you know, politicians and people in the media do send the wrong message. But we also have to take collective responsibility and ask ourselves why we live in this culture where they can't be imperfect, where they're not allowed to show a chink in the armory and that they must be bulletproof all the time. And, and I think we, we live in this culture because we live in a very individualistic culture and we blame too much and we don't explain enough that's so so important why is it that this politician screwed up why is it that that policy didn't work these are really really important questions that we don't ask because they're really difficult to answer and they're complex and they require more nuance and subtlety um and we always you know want to point the finger but i think if we can explain more in this culture and blame less people in the media and who are high profile individuals will feel much more open about their vulnerabilities and fallibilities and perhaps open up and that will cascade downwards onto 
people and young people who see that and think that it's okay for themselves to do that too. So I think those people themselves do have a responsibility, but I think we all have a responsibility to create a culture that allows us to explain more and blame less. I love that idea. Explain more, blame less, um, and and be a little vulnerable, perhaps ourselves. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, you talked about parenting. Um, you know, have we talked about our own failures? We typically make ourselves out to be these perfect human beings, and we're 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 counseling our kids or correcting them, and uh, instead of saying, "Oh boy, you know, let me tell you some of the things I messed up with," uh, maybe that's a little more helpful. And as also as leaders, um, so perhaps being a little bit more vulnerable too. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so, so important we do that as parents, as leaders, as people who have um, any kind of, uh, you know, role models over uh, younger people in particular. But but as I say, I think, you know, we can over individualize this. I think there's a bigger question here about the extent to which our culture allows us to show our imperfections and our vulnerabilities. Mm. And, And for me, that's so, so crucial, because if we can if we can create that culture together, then all of this stuff loses its power, right? Everybody feels more open and, and yeah. allowed to share their vulnerabilities. And I think that that it's an individual problem, but it's also a social problem, I suppose. What I'm saying. And that's a much better world. Hey, as, let's get a little individual with you. You're a busy uh, fellow, you know, professor, writer, author, flying around here, there, and everywhere. We're always interested in the self-care tactics of successful people. This is podcast Anxiety at Work. So how do you keep your <laughs> mental health yeah, healthy where you can thrive? What do you do each day? Well, I first of all, thank you for describing me as a successful person. That's very kind. Um, as a perfectionist, I don't uh, see myself necessarily always in those terms. <laughs> but what I would say, there's two. The thing, in my own rehabilitation from perfectionism, there's a few things that have helped me. The first one is to just be able to let things go and let life happen rather than trying constantly to happen in life all the time. There are things that we simply cannot control and we can have goals and aspirations and we can shoot for them. And those are really good things. But we also have to know that we're probably not going to get it on the timeline that we want. And there's probably going to be things that are going to occur along the way. Setbacks, heartbreak, health scares, a global pandemic could come out of nowhere and screw everything up, right? Like, it's so, so important that we allow those things that we can't control in and let sit with them. Allow that anxiety and that un- discomfort in and be able to sit comfortably next to it, knowing that that's just life and life is imperfect. And so letting things go has been really important for me. And within that broad philosophy, the most important thing we can do on a day to day basis is be kind to ourselves be compassionate to ourselves when things don't go quite so well show ourselves kindness so if we screwed up a presentation kindness you know we didn't get the annual review outcome we wanted kindness don't go out of that office with your boss and berate yourself how how could you have been so stupid why didn't you work harder do more weekends whatever this these are very uh, critical features of perfectionists that can over time create a lot of mental distress so try where you can to reframe those feelings uh, those thoughts and feelings into kinder more compassionate ways forward and you will find that not only does that make you feel better but it also makes you far more productive because it keeps your motivation high and it allows you to go on to the next task knowing that these things happen and there's always next time so those are a few a couple of things that have been important for me so great you know uh we got a tip on one of our podcasts the the guest said make that inner voice your best friend what would your best friend say and they would say all the things that you just said it's not that bad you're doing great nobody's perfect and 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 so on you know uh one topic i'm going to touch on before we wrap up in our book anxiety at work we talked about gratitude being a practice 
to bring down anxiety. Do you have a gratitude practice that you that helps you level out and let go of that perfectionism? No, not not specifically, but I think what you're driving out there is a, is a hundred percent the right way to think, and it's all bound up in this idea of meeting the world and treating other people how you yourself would would expect to be treated, and and understanding that you know where we are right now in life is enough. Like just existing, breathing, being here in this moment, having this conversation means that we are enough. That's the only thing that matters, and so you know we can call that gratitude. Um, for me, I'd, I'd call that self-acceptance. But it's so, so crucial that at all times we are in the moment accepting and appreciating that this kind of precious, miraculous existence <laughs> is 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 so precious. And uh, and showing gratitude for that, I think, is, is psychologically very, very positive. Excellent. OK, so we're in the lightning round here. If... Um... If you wanted people to remember one or two things from this conversation, uh, what would be those key things you'd want them to take away? Okay, first and foremost, perfectionism is not the thing that's holding you up in the world. It's not making you more successful. Um, A lot of perfectionists say, you know, when everything around me is collapsing, perfection is one thing holding me up. That's just not the case. The opposite is true. Perfectionism is a thing that's almost certainly at the root of a lot of uh, psychological struggles, but also our inability to push through those struggles and succeed. So I think that's, first of all, that is, if there's anything to take out of my book and what I've, hopefully this discussion is, it's that myth is busted that perfection isn't this lionized quality that it holds us back um secondly i'd say that it's important to remember more people are coming into the workforce um as who are going to be more perfectionistic particularly younger generations so do bear that in mind when you interact with young people know that they will have difficulty with things like procrastination know they have difficulty uh with their um sense of self-worth and their uh, ability to appreciate their accomplishments all of these things are really excuses to show them unconditional support, be extremely positive and try to help them break through their procrastination. That's also so, so important. Um, and finally, what my final thing to take away, I suppose I would say, try as much as, and, and as hard as you can to be self-compassionate in all that you do and don't fall victim to that inner critic. I love that. Oh, this is Thomas. This has been just a great half an hour together. We have learned so much. And uh, yeah, you have just such a wonderful way about you too. And in teaching and uh, in such an understandable and practical way. So thank you so much for joining us today. And we wish you the best of luck with the with the new book. Yeah, sell a million. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Well, Chess, what a wonderful uh, guest. Uh, Thomas Curran, I've, I, you know, I've heard of him. Uh, he, he's well-renowned in our circles. Um, and his, his work, you know, based on some really good scientific data. And first off, he's saying, look, let's get over this once and for all. Uh, bur- you know, perfectionism doesn't lead to better performance. It leads to burnout, uh, high standards that we'll never meet. And, uh, you know, and frankly, when times get tough, you know, people who who give into this are not going to try because they're going to feel like, well, I'll never succeed. So why bother? So we've really got to get over this. Absolutely. You know, I, I love that. He made it very simple. You know, in my mind, it was we used to think perfectionism good. He goes, no, perfectionism bad. <laughs> right. So just uh, flip, flip that switch. I love the way he talked about socially prescribed perfectionism. I thought that was such an interesting way to say it. But 
with uh, all we see in social media and how that plays up, as well as education. You know, it's what school did you get into, right? Uh, that drive for that changes in yeah. parenting. You yeah. know that we uh, we, we we're we're to- helicopters. We're you know exactly. that's how we raised our kids. You know, yeah. I mean, you you and me when we were kids, mom and dad sent you out of the house at seven a.m. Maybe around eleven p.m. They might go. Where's <laughs> Chester? Um, but we, I remember my you know I remember playing a soccer game in another town, and my dad said, "How are you going to get there?" <laughs> you know, it's like, and we would take our kids. We'd worry about them. Oh my gosh, Johnny's having to wait five minutes. Um, just a different kind of environment. We had to fix things ourselves. Right. And whereas we didn't let that our kids do that. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned that. I remember in, in high school, our basketball team had this tournament in, in Hawaii. Mm. And we came back and we we're waiting for all our bags. And I'd bought all these pineapples for everything. And everybody's parent was there to meet them <laughs> except my dad. And finally, this last family said, you should seriously, you should come with us. They're not coming. And it was late at night. And I got home and I said, hey, why won't you hit the airport to pick me up? My dad said, well, we figured you'd just hitch a ride. Like, they, they were asleep. Like, I wasn't home. They were asleep. They, didn't they, they just expected when they woke up, they'd find me. You know, it was, I remember being somewhat crushed. And that probably explains yeah. a lot of my why who I am today. The point is, is uh, the other point that he made, which I thought was really interesting, was, and the workplace is demanding yeah. more and more of yes. this from right. us, where you and I spend the bulk of our careers. We've got to be careful. Now, big takeaway for it, to turn it back to some of your insights, too, is this idea of to-do lists. Yeah. That perfectionism, you know, causes us to make a list of 50 things. And yet, you know, how many of those can you really let go? Like, really, what are yeah. just the core things you need to get done and let go of that long list yeah, of things. here's my, I have three today, you know. <laughs> you have 30, so which one of those may <laughs> suffer a little bit more? Yeah. yeah. Nobody ever and, accused me of being perfectionism. Yeah. Well, and, and, and seriously, like, like of all those things that are listed, you know, the yeah. only one that really matters is the one that I circle is the podcast. Make sure you show up for the podcast, right? Yeah. yeah. And I know you because you have a good heart. You, you, like 15 of those things are connecting with people, making sure they feel good. And you're, you're always giving and, and bless your heart for doing that. But sometimes, yeah, it can lead to feeling overwhelmed. Hey, if you miss a day, it's okay. Um, and, and I liked what he was saying too. Look, how do you break through? Well, sometimes it's just five minutes. Celebrate when you do five minutes towards your goal. Because I love what he said is, you know, if you start, once you start, you're much more likely to finish. That was um, a big takeaway for me too. Yeah, yeah. Just get yeah, moving. Exactly. And asking, you know, why am I overwhelmed? Um, what's the big fear of this? Um, so that was, that was really good too. And, you know, and the last thing, or not, I don't know if it last, but you know, the culture doesn't allow us to fail and we got to change that in our families. We got to change that in our workplaces. Yeah. Uh, the phrase that I circled was done is better than perfect. <laughs> just, yeah. just get her done. Yeah. Um, explore more, blame less. You know, that when we kind of got into politics there a little bit, explain more and blame less. This idea that there's always someone to blame for my mistakes or why it wasn't perfect. More personal responsibility that we've got to get better about blaming less. And then when he said, in my rehabilitation of perfectionism, that is is being very vulnerable. You know, he admits, look, I, I had to rehabilitate myself. And the best, his best uh, suggestion there was be kind to yourself. Yeah. Just yeah. be more kind. I love that. 
let things go, be kind. You know, sometimes health happens, we can't control it. Sometimes life happens, you know, we get laid off, we get something doesn't work out. Just be kind to ourselves. There's always a next time. And right now you are enough, which I think is a wonderful, (laughs) wonderful message message to end on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, what are we grateful for that keeps our anxiety uh, levels down, Adrian? I think we're grateful oh, for Ron. Yeah, there's a few people. Yeah, Brent Klein, who keeps our anxiety levels down as our <laughs> producer, to Christy Lawrence, who helps us find amazing guests like Thomas Curran. Uh, how cool was he? And yeah. to all of you who listened in, we thank you so much. You bring our anxiety levels down when we see you've downloaded and shared our, our podcast Uh, If you'd like to learn more, please visit thecultureworks.com. There's free resources there, including the first chapter of that best-selling book, Anxiety at Work. I have several copies of that book. So funny that you would mention that right off the top. Yeah, and we love speaking to audiences around the world, virtually or in person, on the topics of culture, teamwork, resilience, anxiety at work. Uh, Give us a call. We'd love to talk to you and to your people at an event. Well, Adrian, just a remarkable guest, so much fun, so insightful, so smart, a recovering perfectionist with lots of lessons uh, for all of us. And as always, I will give you the last word. (laughs) Just remember, yeah, I'm going to use the words of Thomas. Where you are is enough right now. And done is better than perfect. So until next time, we wish you the best of mental health. (laughs) 